Welcome back to the research labs of Better. Let's join Martin and Julie again on their first date. He actually thinks I'm gonna give him a tip. Didn't he just say he's trying to put his kids through college? Yeah, what a sucker. It's like watching a train wreck, but let's see what it looks like with Better. No, keep the change. Aw, that's so sweet. You're helping him put his kids through college. I'm a sucker for those stories. When life hands you choices, choose better. Well, I want to welcome us all out to LifeChurch.tv this weekend. My name is Sam Roberts. Great to have you with us today. We are in week number four of a series called Better. Now, if you've been with us for a few weeks, you realize that, uh, man, we're, we're studying this idea that there's things that we feel like are good, but then there's things that the Bible says that actually, you know what, there's something better. In week number one, Pastor Craig talked to us about better is one day in your courts, O Lord, than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Remember that one? And then in week number two, Pastor Craig talked about the fact that, you know what? It, it's better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. And then last week in week three, uh, we talked about the fact that how much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to gain insight rather than silver? Well, today we are talking about a scripture that comes from the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 1, where scripture says that a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Now, each week we've been taking these verses and we've been memorizing them and putting them in our hearts so that they come out into our lives. So let's all repeat this together. Let's just say this together with me. Proverbs 22.1, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Now, if you'll remember, last week, Pastor Craig talked about the fact that silver or gold, many times in Scripture, it just talks about us pursuing things of wealth and power, possession. You could say today it may mean that we want a bigger house or a, a newer car or a, a better wardrobe. It's the things of the world, so to speak. But the Bible says that there's something better. It's a good name. And a good name is basically like having a good reputation. It's what you're known for. So as we begin today, let me just ask this, what are you known for? When people say your name, what do they think? What are you known for? At the same time, I would like to dispel a lie that many times can be thought of in our heads when we think about having a good name. Many times we feel like this is something that means we have to be perfect, but I want to talk to you right there in your talk notes. Uh, if you're taking notes, there's a, a, a key thought I want you to write down, and it's that a good name doesn't mean that you're perfect. It means you're being perfected by the one who is. That's Jesus. I'll say that again. A, a good name doesn't mean that you're perfect. It means you're being perfected by the one who is. Now, as I was growing up in school, and when I was young, I was, grew up in a small town in South Texas, or in, in just south of Dallas in Texas, and I was wondering, uh, yeah, I had a pastor I knew named Dean Posey. I don't know if anybody knows Dean in here or uh, at any of our churches knows Dean. No? Okay. 
All right, well, we'll start with a different story. Let me uh, tell a story uh, from about 14 years ago. Uh, Pastor Craig and uh, his wife, Amy, had decided to be very generous and take my wife, Jamie, and I uh, to a bed and breakfast and a dinner and all this. And so uh, we go out with them. Now, Jamie and I were newlyweds, and uh, and as most newlyweds, we didn't have a whole lot uh, because, you know, we're just trying to get things started. And so we'd never been out on these excursions to like a bed and breakfast or anything. So it was a big deal for us to get to go out and uh, Craig and Amy, they took us out to dinner, and then, man, a uh, carriage pulls up, with a horse-drawn carriage pulls up after dinner to take us back to the bed and breakfast. I mean, like, how cool is that? It's like romance. And then we get back to the bed and breakfast, right? Now, at a bed and breakfast, there apparently, at the time I didn't realize this, but, at the, you know, apparently it's kind of like this, for a married couple to go to a bed and breakfast, it's like in the evening, it's like this sure thing that's going to happen, right? It's like, throwing rocks in the ocean, shooting ducks in a barrel, if you will. It's kind of a guarantee. Well, I didn't think about this. I didn't really know this. And I just keep talk, 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 talking. Down there, downstairs, I just keep talking. And Craig's back behind Amy. He's looking at me like, shh, that's enough. Stop. Quit talking. Shh, come go upstairs. And I'm like, what? And I finally get it, and it clicks. I'm like, oh, man, look at the time. It's 8 o'clock. I've got to go to bed. I'm getting tired. So we go on upstairs, and... Craig and Amy go to their room, and Jamie and I go to ours. Well, we get in there, and and Jamie needed to go back downstairs real quick to do something, and I can't remember. So I get to looking, and there was this gift basket on the bed. And uh, I thought, well, wow, what is this? I start checking out all the accommodations. I go rolling up into the bathroom, and glory to God, there's a jacuzzi tub. Oh, I was like, this is going to be good. And so I uh, I go back over to the, the the bed, and there's this big basket there, and it had this bottle of bubble bath in it. Well, I thought, oh, this is like romance, right? This is going to be good. And I got, how much bubble bath soap do you put in a bubble bath? I don't know. I hadn't drawn one before. So I'm like, well, it's a little bottle. So if a little bit is good, then a lot is better. That's right. And so I dumped the whole thing in there and start filling it up. And it got to be about that deep, and the, the bubbles were about that thick. And I thought, well, that's good, but this is a special night, so I need it to be better. So I pushed the button to start the jacuzzi. <laughs> and then I leave the bathroom and shut the door, <laughs> thinking my wife will be back momentarily. I jump on the bed. I'm like waiting on her. I'm like, all right, Jamie will be back up soon. Well, she does. She comes back in the door, and she's like, what is that? And I'm like, well, baby. And she goes, no, what is that? And I look, and I'm like, Oh, snap, the bubbles were coming up under the door, and they're oozing out from under the door like the blob. It was bad. I'm like, oh, no. I go running over there. I open the door. Bubbles start floating out into the room, and they're about this deep. I'm like, oh, no. I tell you what, I didn't get anything that night but a clean bathroom, my friend. Let me just tell you right now. It was bad. But here's the thing that strikes me about that is that some 14 years ago, there was this character trait of generosity in our senior pastor that has now today become the hallmark of our church. Today, we've seen at LifeChurch.tv, where we've developed uh, the app called the Bible app, known as YouVersion, there's been over 40 million downloads of a free Bible 
unbelievable. There have been over 90,000 churches and pastors who have been impacted by us giving away our resources. I don't know, you, many of you may not know, we give away all of our graphics, the videos, all the Craig's sermons, all of our stuff that we write, the sermon. It's all given away for churches to use. Over 90,000, not individuals, I'm talking churches, have been impacted. We've had over 200 network churches who join in with this teaching every single week that are being impacted by this teaching out of Life Church. And it is unbelievable. And it comes from the heart of generosity, something that started some 14 years ago as a character trait God was building in our senior pastor that has today become the hallmark of the church because Craig understands that there's something much better than silver or gold. It's a good name. It's a good name. Now, Names are interesting things, aren't they? they? They seem to carry stuff through us as we walk through life. They kind of have little things that kind of stick to our name, don't they? And for instance, when we had our first child, if you have ever had children before, especially your first, you're really concerned about what to name them. So you start trying to figure out, because you don't want to name them something they're going to get beat up for on the playground later in life. So you're trying to figure it out. What am I going to name them? Well, Jamie throws out this name, and I say, you got to be kidding me. I'm not naming my little girl that, because I knew a girl in first grade broke all my crayons. No reason. Just broke them. And I'm like, I ain't naming my girl that. It's silly. But it's truthful, right? Stuff sticks with our name as we go along. Uh, let me illustrate it this way. When I say these names, what, what, may, what images, what things come to mind? Adolf Hitler. Billy Graham, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi, Osama bin Laden, Mother Teresa. You see, a good name, a good name can be better because a name can carry both bad, it can carry good as well, things attached to our name. Socrates has a quote that I really, really like. Uh, it, it says this. Uh, Socrates says that regard your good name as the richest jewel you could possibly possess. He says the way to gain a good reputation is to endeavor to be what you desire to appear. The way to gain a good reputation is to endeavor to be what you desire to appear. Okay? So a good name is better. The question is why? So as I was writing and processing through this message, I thought about several different things. Now, there's probably more reasons why a good name is better, but we'll just talk about three of them here today. A good name is better. If you're taking notes, we've got three different reasons why. We'll start with this one. A good name is better, and a good name can instill confidence. A good name, what does it do? Why is it better? Because a good name instills confidence. We see in the book of Proverbs, chapter 10, verse 9, where the Bible says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. Now, at my house, I, uh, I'm kind of king of the chocolate chip cookies. I make these chocolate chip cookies that my kids call Daddy's Famous CC's chocolate chips. And so uh, I have told them that throughout life they may, they may wander the earth but they will never find a chocolate chip cookie better than daddy's. And they believe it so far. So uh, here's the deal. I had just made this batch of chocolate chip cookies, on the, and I had them on the counter. They were nice and warm and just come out of the oven. Well, my four-year-old Nathan couldn't quite keep his hands off the cookies. 
And so he comes up into the kitchen, and apparently he had snatched one. He had his back to me. And I walk around the kitchen door, and I walk in, and I see him, and I stop. And I say, Nathan Daniel? He goes like this. I look at him, and I said, boy, turn around here. He goes like this. I don't know why kids look away. Like, they never look at you when they're in trouble. You ever notice that? They just look side to side like you can't see them. <laughs> said, did you eat a cookie? He said. <laughs> now, here's the thing. There was chocolate everywhere. It was on his hands, his face. It was all over his clothes. He, the carnage of what he had done to that cookie was unbelievable. And he's just looking at me. I said, well, what's in your mouth? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing, Daddy. It's kind of silly, right? I'm, I know he ate a cookie. He knows he ate a cookie. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing, Daddy. Here's the thing, though. We do, we do the same thing, right? We get our hands in the cookie jar. We try to act like nobody can see. There's stuff you've been looking at on your mobile device you're not supposed to be looking at. And now you're worried somebody's going to find out. You're not walking in integrity. All of a sudden you don't walk securely. You start kind of, oh, man, you start gossiping about a friend, and now you're worried that, oh, my gosh, what if they find out I was the one that started all that? Oh, my goodness, you know, I, I'm a student, and I've been cheating all this semester. Now finals are coming up, and I don't know that I'm going to do so well. I'm not walking in integrity. I, I, I didn't put a full 40 in at work. I'm not putting the time in, into work that I'm supposed to, and I'm worried a boss man is going to find out, and I could come down. Let me just say, there's those of you who have inappropriate conversations on Facebook right now. You know what? You're worried somebody's going to find out. What if somebody sees this, or how do I delete that, or I don't know what to do? And, and there's those of you who you're in a full-blown affair right now, and you're worried. Oh, oh, i got to delete that text. I gotta, how do I cover my tracks, and what do I do? You're not walking in integrity, because when you walk in integrity, Scripture says you walk securely. There's a difference when you walk with integrity, and as you do, it builds your confidence in a good name begins to build and instills that confidence. So a good name, why is it better? First thing is that a good name instills confidence. The second thing is that a good name speaks for you. We see this illustrated in Second Chronicles chapter 9 in Scripture uh, where we see Solomon and the Queen of Sheba having a discussion. Now real quick, Solomon, if you'll remember from last week, Craig had talked about the fact that Solomon was the wisest man to ever walk the face of the earth. It's because uh, he, God gave him the option to ask for anything he wanted. What does he want? And he asked for wisdom. So God gave it to him in abundance. And what had happened, his good reputation had gone throughout the land, and it had come to the ears of the queen of Sheba. She wanted to find out just how wise he was. And here's what, here's what we pick up in 2 Chronicles chapter 9. When the queen of Sheba had heard Remember, his reputation's going before him because you know our reputation goes, can go before us, right? Or our reputation can kind of go before us, right? But Solomon's was good, and it had gone before him, and she had heard about his fame. She came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. Gentlemen, 
You ever been tested by a lady with hard questions? Now, I don't know what those questions were. Could have been, do I look fat in this? And if that was the question, I want to know what Solomon said. There had to have been a wise man to be able to answer that one. But anyway, so she tests him with hard questions. She came, and here's what she did. She came to Solomon and talked to him about all that she had on her mind. I have no idea how long this took. Because for a lady to talk about all that is on her mind, I can tell you one thing about Solomon. He wasn't just wise, he was patient. But it goes on, and here's the thing. Scripture then says that, you know what? Not a single question was too hard for Solomon. He answered them all. And then the queen says this. She says, you know what? The report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe what they said until I came and saw it with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half of the greatness of your wisdom was told to me. You far exceeded the report that I have heard. See, your reputation can go before you or your reputation can go before you. You ever, you ever met someone before you ever met them? Somebody talks so much about a person that you feel like you've known them? You don't never even actually met them? That can happen. Our, our, our good name, our reputation can proceed. When we talked about those names a little bit ago, uh, Billy Graham, Mother Teresa, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., these, these names. Now here's the thing. Those names when they were given at birth didn't really mean anything to you and I. But as they walked through life with integrity and doing what God had called them to do, their names today speak for themselves. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better. We see this played out sometimes on Facebook, right? Somebody posts something up on your wall that's inconsistent with your character. What happens? Well, your network of friends come to your aid. And they say, Oh, no, 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 you can't post something like that because let me tell you something, you don't even know them. Let me, let me tell you something about them because let me tell you what, who I know, right? They come to your defense because a good name speaks for you. So if you're taking notes, first thing is a good name instills confidence. Second is a good name speaks for you. And the third thing is that a good name inspires others. We see this in Scripture in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. The Apostle Paul is writing to the people in Corinth, and uh, he's talking to them about being a follower of Christ and what that means. And, and you can just sense that there's a little bit of worry from them about, oh, I don't know that I could do this. This seems difficult and try to walk in this. And Paul's just like, look, here's the deal. Just 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 1. Listen, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. That's what Paul said. You can almost just hear him like, listen, I get it. You're, you're a little worried, but look, 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 look at me. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. That's what he says. In other words, be inspired by what you see, what I'm doing, how I'm walking. It can be done, okay? I'm walking with Christ. Walk the way I walk. Now, what I want to do for just a second is I want to talk to all of you who are listening right now, whether you're at one of the network churches, one of our life church, study campuses, at church online. Here's the thing. If you're a follower of Christ, Here's what I want you to hear. You should be inspiring. You should be inspiring. Let me give you some examples. People should be able to look on 
and be like, I don't really get it right now because they're going through something that seems to be pretty difficult, but yet they have this uh, joy. This some, it's not happiness. It's some kind of a, a joy. I don't get it, but man, I want that. I want what they got. I'm inspired by it. Well, what is it? Oh, because you realize that, hey, better is one day in your court, so God, than a thousand elsewhere. To have a day with God sets you up to be able to understand that your joy in life isn't determined by the circumstances around you. It transcends that because it's built on the foundation of Christ. And your day with God, you know, is better. And it roots you and enables you to begin to take on whatever comes your way. And people see it and are inspired by it. Another example. Somebody may look on and be like, I don't get it. I got two handfuls. But all I get is toil and chasing after the wind. They just got one little old handful. And yet there's peace and tranquility. I don't get it. But I want that. That's what I want. I'm inspired by it. You see, as followers of Christ, you should be able to walk in such a way that people look at your life and say, I want that. Not because it's of any of us, because we're not good, but Jesus is in the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. If you are a follower of Christ, it dwells in your mortal body. And that is inspiring. But you say, I'm not an inspirational person. Listen, I don't, I'm not Billy Graham, I'm not Dr. Luther King, I'm not a good speaker, I'm not eloquent in speech, I'm just, a, I'm just a bank teller, I'm just a grocery store clerk, I'm just a doctor, I'm just a lawyer, I'm just a contractor, I'm just a laborer, I'm not, I'm not some kind of inspiring person. Okay, then let's do this. Pop quiz. Let's see. Who was Miss America in 2002? Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know. Who, uh, okay, big week next week here in the United States of America. There's some little game going to be played called the Super Bowl. Who won it in 2001? I don't know. Who was the MVP of the game? Good guess. I don't know. Perhaps a sports nerd may know, but I don't know. I have no idea. And I guarantee you 99% of you are like, I have no idea. Who won, best, uh, who won the Oscar for Best Actress in 2007? I don't know. But let me ask you. Some questions that you probably do know the answer to. Who was that teacher that inspired you to be something? Who was that coach that pulled something out of you that you never even knew was inside of you? Who was that friend that was there for you in your deepest time of need? You see, because... We can all be inspiring to others when we walk as a fully devoted follower of Christ. We should inspire people by our lives. Not because we're good, but because he who dwells within us, Jesus, is. Dean Posey. Nobody knew Dean Posey earlier. That's okay. I know him. When I was 12 years old in a small Texas town south of Dallas at a little Methodist church, there was a pastor who came named Dean Posey. And for the first time 
in my life, I heard someone speak from a stage during a church service that actually made sense. And I got it. I understood it. And it made an impact on my daily life. And I began to understand I need Jesus. And it wasn't just the fact that he was good on stage. It was the fact that the way he loved his wife, Diane, and the way he raised his kids, Matt and Trish. And I looked on and said, I want to be something like that. I, I like that. I'm inspired by that. And so today, I stand here on this platform as a product of that inspiration. Someone who none of you knew. Some of, someone who you will never probably meet. But yet is impacting your life because he led a life with a good name that inspired me. We can all be inspirational. A good name. Why is it better? A good name instills confidence. A good name speaks for you. And thirdly, a good name inspires others. Now, I do want to acknowledge something in the fact that there's probably a lot of us today who are thinking, yeah, but I don't have a good name like at all. Not even close. There's this scripture that comes from the book of Revelation, chapter 3, where um, Jesus is talking to the church in Sardis, and he says, you know, I, I know your deeds. Uh, you have this reputation for being alive, uh, but actually you're dead. And maybe you feel that way today. You feel like, you know what, I feel dead. Um, I don't have a good name, and uh, everybody you know, around, they know it, or they're about to know it. Well, let me just say, Welcome home, because you are at a place, whether you're at a network church, whether you are at one of our campuses, whether you are at church online, uh, man, you're at a place where there's a scripture from Romans 3.23 that is just everybody is so aware of and understands, and that is that we have all fallen short of God's glory, and we've fallen short of his standard. We've all sinned and fallen short of that. All means everybody. It means me. It means Craig Rochelle, the guy who sang the music before this message. Every single person. The person in the chat room there with you that you've been talking to at church online. It's the person on your left. It's the person on your right. Everybody. But the good news is that even though our names aren't good, there's one who is. There's one who is. There's one name, actually, that, you know what? the kings will bow to one day. There's one name that the demons shudder at. There's one name above all names, and that's the name of Jesus. And let me just say this. There's those of you who maybe you've come in, and you feel like you're in bondage for the choices that you've made and the life that you live, and it just feels suffocating to you. Well, the good news is, is that, and you know what, in Galatians chapter 5, the Bible says, you know what, through Christ you can be set free. There's those of you who say, you know what, I feel distant, far from God. I don't even know that there is a God. Oh, listen, here, Ephesians 2 tells us that by the power of Christ and the fact that you listening to this message today tells me that you are being brought near by God. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, you can be brought near by the blood of Christ, okay? Jesus can bring you near. Maybe you feel like you're, you're, you're unlovable, unacceptable. The good news is, Romans 15 says that no, in Christ you are accepted. Maybe you feel sinful, filthy, 
dirty. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says that, you know what? In Christ, you can be a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. But you say, yeah, but you don't know me. You don't know what I did. You don't know what I've done. You don't know my thoughts. You're right. But, okay, how about this? Has any of you decided this week to persecute and torment and kill Christians? Nobody? Okay. Well, understand something. The scriptures that I quoted from those four books, all four of those books, written by a guy named Paul, formerly known as Saul, who persecuted and sent followers of Christ to their death. And then God used him to write almost half of the New Testament. You say you're too bad, I say Jesus is too good. You say you're too bad, I say Jesus is too good. Hear this, do not let your past determine your future trajectory. Because if you're taking notes, understand this, you are creating tomorrow's legacy today. No matter what it is that you've done in your past, no matter what you've come into one of these locations uh, with, no matter what you, how you've gotten to church online, what ads you clicked on, understand that you're creating tomorrow's legacy today because today is a new day. I'll end with this story. A while back, I did this uh, funeral for a young girl that was in her late 20s, and she had spent her time uh, really chasing after a lot of silver and gold, so to speak. A lot of things really don't matter. And uh, I got there uh, and was talking to the family and friends before the funeral because I wanted to find out a little bit about her so that I could uh, make sure to represent who she was. And uh, I asked the family, so what was she known for? What was she known for? And there was a long, awkward silence. Finally, somebody piped up and said, she was funny. Everybody starts laughing. Yeah, you remember, she was funny. She told that one joke. Ha, <laughs> it was great. Oh, yeah, it was good. She's funny, man. She, whoo. Oh, and it kind of died down. I'm like, okay, that's great. What else? Long, awkward silence. And finally, this guy over to my left, he says, you know what? She loved hot sauce. <laughs> Ate it on everything. Bread, eggs, just eat about a spoonful. It was good. Hot sauce. She loved it. Oh, yeah, man, she loved hot sauce. Really? Hot sauce. Is that what you want to be known for? That you were funny and you liked hot sauce. I think that there's probably something a little better. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver and gold. and hot sauce. Let's pray. 
Father, I thank you for your goodness, who you are in our lives, the fact that, man, God, you are good, and because of who you are, we can be good and have good reputations and good names, not because of what we've done, but because of who you are. Praying today, man, there's those of you who say, you know what, uh, man, I'm a follower of Christ, and you know, I'm convicted in the fact that I need to live, uh, live a life that's a wee bit more inspirational. And, uh, man, I get that. I see that today. And by the power of Christ, you want to do that. And so, man, if that's you, I'd love to pray for you. Just lift up your hand right now and say, you know what, that's me. Yeah, there's hands all across the room. We all should be wanting that. Let's just pray. Father, you are the source of our inspiration. We're not good, but you are. And we know that as you uh, dwell in us and as we walk in obedience to your word and are fully devoted followers of Christ, that, man, I pray that our lives are a reflection of your glory, that, um, man, that would just push and turn people towards you, that people would be inspired by the lives we lived and they would understand that the lives we lived are in you and that we would reflect them back to you. They would see your goodness in us. God, I pray that we would live lives that are inspirational. Still praying today with our heads bowed and eyes closed. There's those of you whom God has brought here for a simple truth, and that is, guess what? We've all sinned and fallen short of God's standard. In other words, we're not good. None of us. But there's one who is. His name is Jesus. And God sent him, his only son, to die in our place on the cross so that we could be forgiven of our sin and be made right with God so that we could live lives that could be inspirational through his power. There are those of you today who you have found yourself in that place of bondage, the choices that you made. You've tried lots of different things, and none of it's really working out for you. The reason is because there's only one thing that works. Remember, it's the power of Christ. It's Christ who works. It's Christ who makes us complete. It's Christ who forgives us. It's Christ who makes us new. And there are those today, you're going to get a new beginning, a new name. You'll become a new creation. Why? Because you just simply, simply say this, you know what? I realize it's not me. I can't do it. I've tried enough on my own. It's not working. And you know what? I realize today that I need Jesus Christ to come and be my Lord and be my Savior and change me and make me into a new creation, the Bible calls out. Those of you today whom God has brought here to this place, those of you at Church Online whom God has brought here to say yes today to a relationship with Jesus, come in and make me new, change me, help me to become more like you. Those of you at all of our locations today who say that's the decision that I'm making, Jesus, come in, take over, be my Lord and be my Savior. Lift up your hands boldly right now. Say yes, Jesus, come in, take over, be my Lord and be my Savior. Those of you who say, man, today is my day for a new name, a good name, a reputation. Yes, right over here to my right. Welcome into God's family. A new creation being born. Right back over here in the back right. Yes, welcome into God's family. Those of you at Church Online, click right below me. If you've got your hand up, leave your hand up so I can just see you real quick. Yes, those of you who say, man, Jesus, come in. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Right back over here to my right. Yes, welcome into God's family. Others of you, are there anyone else who would say, you know what, that's me. That's my decision today. Jesus, come in. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Make me new. Yes, right here in the middle, a warrior being born into God's kingdom. Welcome into God's kingdom and into God's family. A new creation in Christ. Yes, back over here in the far right, uh, over to my left. Welcome into God's family. Yes, right over here to my right. Welcome into God's family. 
Praise God. A new creation in Christ being born. All of us together today, and those of you at church online, let's just join in. Let's just uh, repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die in my place on the cross. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to walk in your ways and to live a life that will inspire others because they see you in me. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.